1: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. Once again, full disclosure, it's actually Thursday night in Hayesville, North Carolina, but Dan Zampano could not be with us live on Friday, so we are taping it on Thursday night. And we have lots to talk about NFL playoff weekend And, Dan, I know, you know, going into last weekend, you're like, oh, it's the best weekend of the year. I am so excited. So tell me, buddy, after your 0-6 performance on the Sunday card, are you still excited?
0: Yeah, because that weekend's over. That's why. (laughs) I mean, goodness, You you couldn't have a worse weekend for me. But I'll tell you what, truly, truly, this is my favorite weekend of the entire year because you have a great slate. Of four games, four of the four of the four best teams in each conference. No ifs ands or buts about it. There's no you know fringe playoff team that didn't really belong. Which obviously we saw a lot of that last week. Um, but it is the best of the best, the creme de la creme, for the right to play, for the right to play for the Super Bowl.
1: Well, let's uh, let's start off talking about last week, and we might as well start with the one that must have broken your heart the most, and that, of course, was the mm. Patriot game. Look, I am not surprised that they lost this game, and, and look, I know when you picked that game here last week, you were still, you know, you picked the Patriots, but your heart wasn't really in it. I mean, uh, I mean, I could tell. No, you know, and, no. and and I, so I'm not surprised that they lost. What surprised me, Dan, was that they were. Uncompetitive. This was never a game. It was like they didn't. The defense didn't show up. I can't look. I can't blame this necessarily um, on the Patriot offense. And I and I didn't think Mac Jones was that bad. I mean, one of the interceptions he threw was like an All Pro play uh, for that to even be an interception. I so I can't even blame him. I blame the defense for this one because they put this team in such a hole that the Patriot offense couldn't really stick to any kind of a game plan. They had to throw that out the window uh, by the end of the first quarter.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to go into that game and go into that environment and you have all the hype around you and you're playing the bills and it's a revenge spot, you know, and you know, you're probably the underdog going into that environment and you kind of walk around and you just get punched right in the mouth. And it was, it was stunning that the response was a Mac Jones drive that looked promising, but it also seemed like it was pulling teeth, pulling things out of your keister to get response on that first drive. And then the interception, like you said, was an unbelievable play. So, you know, does it hurt? You know, I think I'd rather get beat that way then then lose it in a heartbreaking fashion in some, in some instances, because at the end of the day was the Patriots just didn't have the horses. They looked old and slow. And it seems like some of the guys in the defense and I'll name them if you want me to guys like Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Devin McCourty, who by the way had like all the tackles, which tells you everything you need to know. Uh, seems like a lot of those guys probably need to be put out to pasture and a new crop of, of a new generation of Patriots has to come forward. It's time to turn over the leaf of that defense as good as they were for a lot of this season. You're telling me that you're the Patriots defense gave up the first perfect game to an offense in what, what are you talking about? 80 years. Yeah. I mean, it's, just it boggles the mind. And credit to the Bills, I will give some credit to them, but I think it has a lot more to say about the Patriots defense being old, slow, and too scheme-specific, not diverse enough. They just don't have the horses to be able to compete with what they have right now.
1: So explain to me how a team that was as bad as they were last year, okay, they turn things around this year. They get to the playoffs. And yet Patriot fans, despite the turnaround, when it was all over, there was a lot of grousing. There wasn't a lot of, hey, it was a great season. Man, I am really happy that we got there and, you know, we're relevant again. You know, no more Cam Newton. There wasn't, I didn't hear a lot of that. I heard a lot of fire everybody. That's what I heard. Well, fire everybody is excessive. But I would say this. I think it was a
0: lot of excitement around this rookie quarterback that he could pull something special and that the defense would find a way to rise up. And it would be Belichick again in the playoffs. They're they're unbeatable uh, in that spot. And yet here we are. And, you know, I think a lot of the hype got really taken a lot of air got taken out of the balloon is what I think for a lot of new England. You got to remember, Gene. I mean, the standard has been for 20 years, championships, championships championships so getting to the playoffs as as good as an accomplishment as it is with this roster if you look at it from the outside on the inside getting to the playoffs is not is not the goal that's just not it like it has to be win a division title play in the AFC championship game you know give yourself an opportunity to do that which I agree with a lot of that I mean any fan base that should be that should be the goal to give yourself a chance to play for a Super Bowl. And uh but it's gonna take steps in the long run. I think the Patriots are in the right direction, but I still think that there needs to be better player development still going on instead of keep retreading these guys year after year after year that have gone by Super Bowls past, you know, it's it's time. Uh, you know, so Mac Jones, the, bright, the the future is bright, but I do think that I think Patriots fans are certainly justified in saying not fire everybody, but, but just by saying <laughs> yeah. it could have been a little more like we could have been a little more, a, a little farther all, along than we thought.
1: And now, and word comes down, of course, that uh, uh, Gerard Mayo is being talked about as a possible head coaching candidate. Um, uh, You know, and uh, another team has uh, asked to talk to uh, the Patriots about a general manager position. I mean, so uh, there may be some changes in the coaching staff next year. One of the other changes that a lot of people were calling for immediately. Was was uh, everybody wanted? Bill Belichick's son run out of town on a rail, as if somehow he was responsible (laughs) for this. I mean, so there could be some changes in that coaching staff as well next year, and maybe that's not a bad thing either.
0: Let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. How does Gerard How does Gerard Mayo get all these looks by by
1: NFL teams? You tell me. Yeah, what has he done? Yeah, nothing.
0: I mean, I, I this is this is. Belichick political power is what it is to me. Uh, You know, like this is like running, you know, the the Iowa caucuses. That's basically (laughs) what this is. We talk about this all the time. Every time we we come up with coaching, coaching carousel, it's not about selection. It's about election, right? Right. That's what it's all about. And, you know, with Mayo, the rumors are that he might be a favorite to nail the Texans job, considering the uh, Casario connection down there. I would have thought Brian Flores would have been a great spot candidate for that job. He's a great candidate for every job, but like that seems like a really good marriage between those two. Um, You know, I don't know the status of Mayo, but if you look at the Patriots, I mean, are there any assistants on that staff outside of Josh McDaniels that you'd be willing to hire for your head coach? Not me. I mean, no, the answer is no. Like they were not a well-coached team this year. Um, obviously Belichick is running the organization, but in terms of the underlying people there outside of McDaniels, there's nobody on that team that I would want to hire none. So to me, I I don't see how you can look at that and say, Gerard Mayo, NFL head coach, never been a defensive coordinator. Never. I mean, where's the experience of some of these guys? You know, it's like, it's like, you know, like, like there's other guys too, like Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles defensive coordinator. Been the Eagles' defensive corner for what two years? Right. I mean, like it's amazing how young you can be and how fresh. And people just want young, fresh guys, and they don't look at you know philosophy and the whole overarching arching picture of how to run a uh, how to run a franchise and. I- it's it's going to be quite an interesting carousel. I don't see how Mayo gets the job, but maybe with Casario really running the show down there, maybe he does.
1: Well, the other guy that uh, to be rumored to uh, is he's at least going to interview for a couple of jobs. Is their director of scouting, Elliot Wolf? Um, he already met mm-hmm. uh, with the Bears, and supposedly he's meeting with the Vikings this week as well. So uh, for a general manager position, so uh, you know he's a guy that's been a guy invaluable to to Bill Belichick with, with scouting. I mean, is that is that a guy that the Patriots can afford to lose?
0: Uh it's it's interesting you bring up Elliot Wolf and you know, he's obviously the son of Ron Wolf, the great GM, but um I I think that the way they have their their front office structured is really, really strong right now. It's it's the coaching staff that needs to be improved. I would hope that Elliot Wolf doesn't go anywhere. I would really hope that Dave Ziegler doesn't go anywhere either. I really do think Dave Ziegler has done a really good job of of helping Belichick uh, you know, kind of get the player personnel down uh, to exactly what fits the scheme. And, you know, so I, I, hope that those things don't happen. I do like where they're at at the front office. I don't like where they're at at the assistant coaching position. So we'll find out, but those two guys, Egler and Wolf are going to be high commodities.
1: All right, let's get to the uh, the second game uh, of the playoff weekend and this was an, a fairly entertaining game. There were a lot of games this weekend that were not entertaining. I, to me of the, of the uh, of the games we saw this weekend, to me only two of them were ones that were compelling to me and this Bengals Raiders game was one of them. and uh, Joe Burrow, great job, 244 yards passing two touchdowns. but the amazing thing to me was he only got sacked twice and Derek Carr. Uh, did mm. not have one of his best games. Derek Carr is a guy that, that has been great all season long, and and he kind of, uh, you know, again, forced maybe into passing a little bit more than he wanted to. They had to abandon the run because of, uh, you know, the score. But uh, Joe Burrow kind of announced himself for sure this last weekend.
0: Well, you know, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, Joe Burrow is unbelievable, isn't he? He's He's him and the chase connection. I mean, it's, it, you can hit it every time. I mean, that back shoulder, everything, you know, every single time that's, that's going to be, you know, a lethal play. Uh, the Raiders just, I mean, I uh, continuously shooting themselves in the foot continuous. I mean, how many penalties did they have in that game where the offensive line jumping off, uh, jumping the false starts and, and this, that, and the other. So I think that I think that the Raiders really put up a valiant fight, but the Bengals are just too strong offensively. And that was a really good performance. A lot of hype. You had the whole city of Cincinnati they didn't want a playoff game in 31 years, right. and and everything was behind them. And as much magic as we thought the Raiders had, Cincinnati is got to kind of worried this week because they do lose Larry Ogunjobi, one of their best defensive tackles in, right. in the run-stopping game. So that's certainly a concern against a team like Tennessee. But, you know, as far as as far as the game goes there, yeah, they, they outclassed, outclassed the Raiders. Even if you do get maybe a, a whistle in the middle of a play for a touchdown, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, that's, right. not why they, that's not why they won the game. I mean, they, they really just, from start to finish, kind of executed the game plan the way they wanted to.
1: Yeah, except that that whistle... Uh, may have cost that officiating crew a chance to win uh, to, to work any more games in the playoffs. Uh, you know, we saw a couple of uh, issues. We saw that in the Cowboy game where people were grousing about the official, but at the end of the day, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but at the end of the day, that was a bad, that was a bad job, I thought, uh, by Dak Prescott. It, the, the play itself isn't necessarily bad. He took it too far, didn't leave himself enough time to get the spike. But, uh, but we saw you know, the officials in the middle of uh, several things. I hear this last week, but I think you're right. I don't think that whistle uh, was really that big a deal. Well, Boger shouldn't be refing any games
0: at all because he's probably the worst official in football. So the fact that he was even on the field to begin with, that's another <laughs> nice little NFL mystery that we have yet to unsolve. So hopefully maybe we'll play Clue one day with Roger Goodell and figure that one out.
1: You know? So uh, how about uh, this? I mean, with the Raiders going forward – do they need to make a coaching change or do they give their coach who did a great job with all the distractions this team had the way that he rallied that team this year? I mean, do you think he deserves another chance? I mean, your boy at Michigan, the rumor is is if that job was offered to him, he'd take it. I don't know how true that is. but you know is this not kind of doing uh, your interim head coach who did a hell of a job a disservice by you know by having you know rumors that they're already interviewing candidates?
0: I mean, how many times have we seen the interim head coach of a team really get the job? Not often. You know, right. I mean, and and, and grant, granted, you know, I get it. You get, got them to the playoffs and this and that. It's not going to happen. Rich Pissacci is a great human being and a great coach, good at what he does. I think he should definitely stay on the staff because I think the, the the players really, really like him. Mm-hmm. But if you can get Jim Harbaugh, I mean, that's you know, it's a no-brainer, you know, obviously. And, and, and judging by the fact that they also fired – uh, Mike Mayock right. earlier this uh, this week. I think it's a wholesale change in Vegas, gee, and they're gonna, gonna to they're gonna hire well. somebody with a huge personality that makes that, that makes gonna make all the decisions. And Harbaugh fits the bill. All
1: right, let's go to uh, the next game, and again, a uh, not an entertaining game. The uh, the Tampa Bay Brady's uh, with, with an easy thirty-one <laughs> to fifteen. When uh, the Eagles get their fifteen consolation points. Uh, In the fourth quarter, my question to you is this, and I know Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and I know Tom Brady calls the shots, but when it is 31 to nothing at the end of the third quarter, what in the Sam hell is he doing in the game in the fourth quarter when they have been all over him all game? I, you know, this is a case to me. Where the head coach Bruce Arians needs to step up and say to Tom Brady, sit your ass down. I don't care if you want to play. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I, <laughs> I it's just like
0: you know, I mean I, at the end of the day at the end of the day, this is Tom Brady's team, uh, really, and whatever, you know, rumblings we hear about, you know, Brady and Arians and, and their relationship and whatever it is, thirty one nothing fine in a regular season game not in a playoff game like that's just that's not gonna happen uh you know i mean this is the playoffs you go full throttle you play the whole game unless you're hurt or banged up or whatever he's playing um the more reps he gets the better he's going to be for the next week and he's you know 44. you can run the football, have him in a game this is tom's team he's the leader of the team i get your sentiment i understand it but at the same time um, you know I don't think it really at the end of the day is is a huge factor considering they're probably not going to put him in that position to get hurt too much in, at the end of the game
1: all right I, i'll all right I'll give you that uh, so the Eagles uh, who had a great run uh, get bounced and I guess you know uh, this is uh, this is probably the way to handle it. I mean, you have to give the Eagles credit for this. They have already said that Jalen Hurts is their starting quarterback for 2022. Uh Howie Roseman came out and said that this week. He doesn't even want to he doesn't even want to deal with the the speculation that would go on in the offseason. And I, I mean that's the right move, is it not?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. At least at this point, I think they can address it a, a little later, but you know, they are going to have to address it at some point. What's the move? I mean, is this your identity? Is this what you want to do as you go forward into the, into the, into the next generation here of, of Philadelphia Eagles? Is Jalen Hurts going to be your guy to lead in some type of way, you know, a, a, a kind of college-style offense? And I, I am interested in seeing how that is. The Eagles got to improve their defense. I mean, their defense stinks. I mean, it I mean, <laughs> they are an absolute sieve in the secondary. Yep. They, can't, they can't cover anybody. But as far as their offensive identity goes, do you keep Hurts? Do you try to maybe make a move for Russell Wilson, who says he wants to, you know, explore options? Are you going to draft somebody? You know, like, you know, I know I, I'm down here at Liberty. There's a kid, Malik Willis, that very similar skill set to, to, to Dylan Hurts, you know, that that's going to be a first round pick. You know, I mean, you, you got to think about these things with Philadelphia and they're always not afraid to, you know, be kind of on the cutting edge of offensive philosophy. So we'll see. I'm, I'm certainly interested in what direction they go.
1: All right, uh, the next game, and this is the one that uh, probably the most drama of the weekend, and that was the 49ers-Cowboys game. And it looked like the 49ers had this well in hand, uh, and then Jimmy Garoppolo does something that he has been known to do every now and then, throws an inexplicable interception, and really kind of puts Dallas right back (laughs) in this football game. Uh, And you know, they they managed to hang on. But, you know, I, I referenced this before. Um, you get down, you know, late in the game, and, and I and I get you're trying to get yourself in a position where your last play is going to be a, uh, a reasonable throw into the end zone to try to get that, that touchdown. But Dak Prescott really is the one that blew this here. Is he not? I mean, you know, look, I understand you want to try to get you know, maybe another 10 yards, get yourself closer. You know, instead he he ran about 20 yards when he probably should have stopped and gone down. They would have had a chance there. But this is really, you know, Dak Prescott wants to blame the referees. But to me, this is on Dak Prescott.
0: Oh, how about them Cowboys, right? (laughs) I mean, this is just so typical at the end of the day for them. Uh, Drama, drama, drama. I, I talked about the Raiders having penalties, penalty issues. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones should open a laundromat down there. I mean, it really should. I mean, he loves laundry, don't they? I mean, they love it. Yep. So, I, I to me, they can talk to about the, the, the officials all they want to. What, are you going to complain about the officials that they gave you six false start penalties? Right. Or maybe it was Randy Gregory at the end of the game, you know, <laughs> just randomly <laughs> hugging an offensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, are you going to complain about those too? I, I mean, what a joke. The franchise that has more talent than anybody, more money than God itself, you know, I mean, like, and, and you're going to complain about that. Right. That That is a complete joke. And listen, the Cowboys are a playoff uh, clown show. They're a playoff <laughs> circus. That's what they are. They have all the talent. They go through the regular season fine. They hype up their fans. And you got you to gotta just love watching all the fans just tears. Save your tears, folks. Save your tears because there'll be more where that came from as long as this guy is running this organization. It starts from the top, top down. And that's really what it is about. So, you know, you want to complain like it's 1970 and complain about the officials screwing you out of a game? Go for it. How about next time play better run defense? How about next time don't commit 14 penalties? You know, play a little bit more sound. They tried to give you the game, Jimmy, Giveth, and you don't take us. And guess what? To me, it's a fireball offense by McCarthy about how he coached that game, yep. punting in the fourth quarter like that, right. uh, doing the fake punt and then getting the false start at the, uh, right off of it. I mean, so many just clueless, clueless things by McCarthy. And that was the one downfall that I thought the Cowboys might have. They had everything they needed except for a head coach that could play situational football, and it cost them in the end.
1: Well, the, the other uh, criticism that has been leveled this weekend, I, I, and I believe it was – I think it was Troy Aikman that might have leveled this, and that was basically that what were the Cowboys thinking when you have a weapon like CeeDee Lamb, and he was the invisible man for 60 minutes. He had one catch the entire game. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, case in point. I mean, the 49ers actually did a really good job of taking that away. And then getting the pass rush early in the game. Yeah. But when Bosa went out of the game, right? I thought that really kind of changed a little bit of momentum for them. And then obviously the interception really changed the momentum of the game because it was over until Jimmy threw that. So, right. you know, I, I, to me, you know, you take away a guy like CeeDee Lamb, guess what? You still have Omari Cooper. You right. still have the tight ends. You still have Zeke Elliott. I mean, run the football. I mean, get back to doing that. You know, I mean, that's what one of playoff game a few years ago was, was being able to run the rock, defend the run. I mean, how long have I been saying that thing, you know? So it's, it's, uh, that's what San Francisco does. Great. Is they, they don't let people run the football and they are really good at running the football and making everything look the exact, uh, making all the formations look very complicated, but running the same exact play is what Kyle Shanahan's bread and butter is. It's incredible how they do it. So, You know, that's the difference. That's the difference. The 49ers are on the cutting edge, and the Cowboys are stuck in 1990, still drilling oil
1: that's not there. (laughs) I can't remember a season with Zeke Elliott where he had as many – I don't want to call them subpar games, but games where he was never a factor. And this was one of those games. But there's been a lot of times mm. this year that the Cowboys and Zeke Elliott uh, have not been able to run the football. And that's there's, to the point where there's a lot of Cowboy fans saying that maybe Pollard needs to be your number one option now, not Zeke Elliott.
0: Yeah, I mean, they can say that, but, you know, I mean, it's, Zeke. The reason they say that is because Zeke Elliott's overpaid. Like well, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, you got to play the guy that that's getting paid, right? Right. So you know, I mean, it, Tony Pollard might be a, a great talent, but I don't think Tony Pollard is going to carry the ball twenty-five, thirty times a game. It's just, to me, it, it consistently over a period of a season. You know, Zeke is one of those guys. So it's just a matter of not utilizing them correctly, and we'll see. I, I listen. There's going to be a lot of changes in Dallas. They're probably going to oh. lose Kellen Moore. They're probably going to lose Dan Quinn. You know, and Dan Quinn did a wonders for their defense this year, wonders for them. And he'll probably be a head coach somewhere. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I am very interested. It is a power struggle it's going to be fun to watch play out.
1: You know, the, the one thing I, before we move on to the next game, I just I get a kick out of social media uh, when the game is over. And as bad a season as the New York Giants had, you would think they won a playoff game simply because the Cowboys and the Eagles both <laughs> lost on the same day.
0: Oh, well, how nauseating. Are those? They're almost as bad as the Jets fans trying to talk crap about the Patriots. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's nauseating. It's, right. it's, 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 it's like calling, there's a guy shouting from the basement, just telling us all what to do. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, uh, what do you want me to do there? The, the sky is falling chicken little, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. Let's get on to the game, the night game on Sunday. That was not a game. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes was as pretty close to perfect as you can be. Um, you know, I mean, he did throw an interception, but I mean, he was really, really good. But my, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dan, actually looked like maybe they hadn't practiced in a month. You know what I mean? I mean, I have never seen, and look, I know Ben Roethlisberger's old and I know it was his last game, but... The number of wrong routes that it seemed people were running, or the number of misreads that Roethlisberger—I mean, it was unbelievable. Their offense, to say it was inept, might be the understatement of the year. Yeah,
0: yeah, they were—they they were, they were like a you know rolling the tires in the mud after a <laughs> rainstorm. I mean, it was not—it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad to watch offensively defensively in the first half they looked outstanding Uh, until the last like five minutes of the first half right they were incredible i mean i i could not believe how many times they were stopping the chiefs in the beginning of the game but you know you can only give patrick mahomes you know so many chances you got to press the press the press the gas on and there was no car there was no gas in the car i mean there just wasn't any gas in it you know so at the end of the day. Ben's a great player over his career, but that was really abysmal. That was incredibly abysmal. I mean, Deontay Johnson dropping balls and he could never get Najee Harris going, and Ben just overthrowing guys by 20 yards. Imagine that Ben overthrowing people at his age. But, you know, I would say, I would just say, you know, I mean, Mike Tomlin did a hell of a job getting them to the playoffs at all, but they didn't belong. And, And the Chiefs made them look like they didn't belong. And, you know, that's the way the Chiefs make most people look in the playoffs so it, it's not really a, it, it's you know if you're a Steelers fan I can understand you being like a, hey I can't even believe we made it here so
1: right good show guys um and now of course the questions begin in Pittsburgh in what do you do about next year you know is it Mason Rudolph is it Dwayne Haskins? I mean, neither one of those seem like great options to me. But in a press conference, and this is this is funny. I mean, in a press conference this week, Mike Tomlin, you know, they talked about it, and they said, you know, we're basically assuming he's retiring because that's kind of what he's leading. And they, they asked him what he wants in his next quarterback, and he says, Mobility. So, and I mean and let's face it he <laughs> hasn't had a mobile quarterback as long as as long as Ben Roethlisberger's been in the league so it's kind of like okay I've had enough of this you know stand still stuff we got to get somebody and, and I mean it is kind of the way the NFL's going right now with the more mobile quarterbacks which is one of the reasons why I think the Eagles are going with Jalen Hurts I mean look at you know look at you know what Josh Allen's been able to do with his feet and you know he's just one example but uh you know what do the what do the Steelers do? I mean, they they did they did nothing as far as uh, you know getting an heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, and now they're stuck. Yeah, the Steelers are more like
0: the Warren Buffett of the NFL. You know, they are long term investors. They really <laughs> are. I mean, they, they, I think they they need to they need to really invest in this. I think through the draft and and give them the best chance to win. Maybe you go out, you sign a veteran guy that's kind of on the street that can that can really kind of show the guy the ropes you know but outside of that I think it's got to be one of these quarterbacks coming out whether that's Pickett or whether that's you know Sam Howell or whoever you want to say there you know I mean I I think that that would probably be the best option for them is find a guy that you can build up in the system that you want to build them up in and all these guys coming out are, are mobile so you know Matt Corral at Ole Miss whoever you want there, I—that's I, the direction I would go if I was Pittsburgh.
1: And and know that you're probably going to take it on the chin next year, but uh, and, but plan for the long term.
0: Uh, I—I'll tell you what, man. I mean, remember when Duck Hodges was playing for them and they went like seven and nine or yeah. eight and eight, and yeah. they almost yeah. made the playoffs. I yeah. mean, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. One thing they'll do is they're going to compete. They're going to compete hard. So, you know, uh, listen, they may not like the playoffs, but. They're certainly going to be a team to be reckoned with. I think
1: the final game of the weekend, another disappointment, and there's no other way to put it. But the way that the Arizona Cardinals finished up this season is mind-numbing. But I think you know, I think when you when we talk about this game and the Rams obviously just destroyed the Cardinals, I think when you talk to the, about this game, you have to take your hat off to Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I mean, you just do. I mean, this is a guy that hadn't won a playoff game in his career and he was, uh, pretty damn good. Uh, and, uh, you know, and they, they were still able to run the ball a little bit, but I think you have to tip your cap to Matthew Stafford and, and, and well, as well as obviously the coaching staff, but that was just a clinic on Monday night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was impressive. I mean, look, Matthew Stafford, God bless him getting his first playoff win. Congratulations. I thought Odell Beckham was outstanding in the game. I mean, he really, he showed Boys. up. It was, I think he was just making up for though that, that whole boat trip. It was like five years <laughs> built up energy and he, he finally made up for it. So, you know, it was, it was, it was good to see that, but, uh, especially watching the Giants fans cry on Twitter. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think that, the Rams really dominated this game with their defense, to me. I mean, they just got after Kyler. Kyler looked well. There's no other way to put this, but he looked small. You know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. what he looked like. Um, and and you know, uh, with the pressure that he got put on, I thought the greatest line of the night it was the first funny thing Booger McFarland ever said. <laughs> what in the Carson Wentz was that when he threw it and tried to avoid the safety and it threw a pick oh, six? I mean, yeah. it was it was pretty incredible. So,
1: yeah, you know what that looked like. That looked like like me in a backyard flag football game. That's what that looked like.
0: <laughs> I don't want that image in my mind. It would make me sad. <laughs> you know, I'm no offense, but <laughs> but you know, I mean, look, the Cardinals got to figure out a way, and Kingsbury's got to figure out a way, and I don't know if he can, but he's got to figure out a way to get his team to be able to make it through the whole season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's doing it backwards. He's doing the backwards Belichick. You know you know how <laughs> Belichick's trying to figure out his team in the first three, four games of the season, five games of the season, and then they make the adjustments. Kingsbury's balls to the wall, just going crazy, and by the end of the season, his team's either injured, gassed, or you know, completely out of the scheme, and they've been figured out, and people figure them out. He has to find a way to not show all his cards in the beginning of the year so that he can adjust to what... Teams are really doing to what he wants to do. You know what I mean. And yep, yep. And, and he he needs to step by step plan, and, and and that's not working for him right now. And if he does it again, I'm telling you, especially in this division, he could be you know next year if they don't make the playoffs,
1: he's going to be a hot seat candidate. Wow, this is a guy that this is a guy that everybody was saying, hey, this guy's going to be the coach of the year, and he could be an 0 and four start away from uh, looking for a job. Don't be surprised. Well, nothing, nothing in the NFL surprises me. You know, there was uh, one thing I, I I forgot to get to, and that was at the end of that Cowboys game, and and it was in the post game press conferences, and uh, I have to bring this up. I mean, it's 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 kind of ridiculous, but uh, Dak Prescott, you know, was asked questions about you know he found out that fans were throwing stuff on the field, and that they were throwing them at the officials, and he said. Yeah, and I still can't believe he said this. He said, a credit to the fans for doing that. I mean, that has to be one of the single dumbest things that anybody has ever said in a press conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, misery breeds company, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. what. I mean, that's just – as a leader of the team, as a leader right. of the team, I mean, how can you say something like that? I mean, in, in a press conference, to have some – classic to have it not not even be you, you I don't have a problem with criticizing the officials but doing it in such a way where it's just you know fans are throwing garbage at them and and you find it just acceptable I mean the, that that's your that's your typical you know high society like we can do what we want Dallas team that's why everybody hates Dallas that's why everybody hates the Yankees it's why everybody you know hates the Lakers it's 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 the nose in the air. We are flash, flavor, sizzle, but we actually never do anything when it counts. <laughs> uh, all talk, no action, typical Dallas Cowboys.
1: How does Dak Prescott, and I know we apologize and I don't care, but how how does Dak Prescott not get fined for that?
0: Oh, I think he probably will, and he'll blow it over, and they'll move to next season, and nothing will change.
1: They'll so have
0: the same thing.
1: They'll oh, speak, so speak. win
0: the division by default. And and and, uh, and and then they'll probably lose in the playoffs.
1: Speaking you know, because
0: they have more talent, but they have no culture.
1: Speaking of fines, Bruce Arian got fined fifty grand because uh, he smacked uh, <laughs> Andrew Adams upside the head <laughs> for drawing a penalty. Uh, you know, I look two things about that. Number one, I think that's stupid, th- the fine. Number two. Coaches have been smacking players in the helmet since time immemorial, and 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 to me, it's not. That's not assault. You know, I mean, he's got a helmet on. You're not out there trying to hurt somebody. You're just trying to say, hey, dummy. You know, it's no different than if you you you, you grabbed him by the shoulder, you clapped him on the back. It's just, uh, you know, to me, that's just, uh, it's just the NFL making themselves look kind of foolish. I really just, to me, and and maybe maybe some of this is an overreaction to what happened, uh, you know, the previous week with the, you know, running off the field and saying, you know, I'm hurt, goodbye. Uh, You know, maybe it was a a reaction to that, but still, you know, Mm -hmm. to me it just seemed dumb.
0: Yeah, I mean (laughs) – in the pros, I can understand it. I think when you get down to the college, high school level, you know, it gets a little bit much. But it, it, when you're in the pros, you're Arians. Like, Bruce is just never, ever held back about how no. he feels. For and anything, yeah. Clearly, he wasn't feeling well at that moment. <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, I, it, it did it did make me chuckle. It did make me chuckle, I will say. I'm like, oh, my God, you just slapped the guy in the head. But, uh, you know, he's probably going to get fined for that at the end grand. of the day. And you know, I think he's he's willing to take it. You know, I, look, the, we know we're in the, the no fun league. You know how it is. Uncle Roger's neighborhood. I mean, we keep it nice and neat, white picket fences, want 2.5 kids, however you want it. I mean, that's <laughs> the way they want it. There's no room for, you know, any uh, outsiders, if you will. So you, you get out of line, you get the boot. Uh, I, to me, I I it, it didn't really affect me. I didn't have a problem with it. it. It's something that I hope that he doesn't do on a regular basis, but... You do it once in a blue moon. It's like ah, yeah, I know, I know, you know, type right, of
1: thing. Right. Right. Well, fifty grand is a big fine, and that that's what they levied on him today. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that mm. uh, you know he'll move on. Again, he'll move on from that. It's just to me, you know, th- we have, you know, I- I'd be more worried about what Dak Prescott did than what Bruce Arians did. And yeah, Bruce Arians is the one that's getting the big headlines. And there's been no talk about uh, about disciplining Dak Prescott for. You know, I-, I don't want to say he's inciting violence, but he's basically saying. Eh, Oh, hey maybe they had it coming <laughs> oh.
0: kids violence is not the answer no, that's all
1: i can No talk. no it's not all right let's move on to this week's games and these are look with the exception of one game and i know we're going to have you i'm going to have you pick these games i think one of these is going to be an absolute blowout that's just me but we'll get i'll tell you when when we get to that wow. game i'll okay. tell you which one all right all right let's start with number 1 this one i which can't
0: 1 could it be
1: i can't wait for this game Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at Tennessee. Tennessee is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, they've had a week off. Cincinnati, uh, obviously, uh, on a roll. Uh, How do you see this one?
0: Well, I mean, you got to feel good about Cincinnati right now. I mean, they've really been just on a roll, like you said. I mean, they had the week off before. They come back after that week off. They play great against the Raiders offensively. Um, I, I do think, though, that the Ogan Joby injury to them is a tough one because. Yep. The man is back. Number 27, number, what number is he? 22. I almost said 27. I'm thinking Eddie George. Number 22 is back in, 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 uh, in blue here. And, and that's what's going to be a real problem for the Bengals is how on earth are they going to be able to stop Derrick Henry? I, I am. It, it's going to be so exciting to see him back on the field, considering that we haven't seen him in so long. Before he left, I believe if you look at the analytics, which I know you have. Of most fondness for yeah. yes, for in the history of anybody. Love it. Um, but the analytics said that the, they were sixth. They were sixth in the league in in rushing um, by the DVOA number. Uh, and then after he left, they dropped to twenty fourth. So now that he is back, uh, they have Julio Jones healthy. They have AJ Brown healthy it's going to be really hard to stop them on first and second down because first and second down is where they thrive and where the Bengals do not, and that can really help set up play action for Tannehill. Uh, I love the coaching coaching uh, advantage too. I, I just think bull has got, got his guys. He understands his guys. He wants to be physical. I do think that they'll try to force the Bengals to run the football more. The Bengals have been too reliant on the run as of late. I think that if they pass more and use that passing game as a run game, uh, it would benefit them more, but it's going to be hard with the leaky offensive line in Cincinnati and now the leaky D line going up against these really physical Titans team. I like the Titans here. I like the Titans to cover the three and a half as well.
1: I, I think you're right. You know, the the only question I have in this one is, I mean, I know Derek Henry's back. You know, have they said what kind of workload they're going to be able to that he's going to be able to handle?
0: Uh, they haven't, but I'd imagine, uh, if he got the ball 30 times, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. I, I, you're not bringing King Henry back and just, you know, uh, we'll put him on a pitch count. No, it's the playoffs. He's going all out. All
1: right. Game two on Saturday. And this ladies and gentlemen to me is the blowout alert. The Green Bay Packers are a six-point favorite at home against the San Francisco 49ers. I have zero faith that Jimmy Garoppolo can keep the 49ers in this game. They're going to get down early. They're going to have to force Jimmy to throw the football, and I don't think Jimmy can keep them in this game.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, this is an interesting game because historically Kyle Shanahan has owned Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, whoever has got his defensive guys in there since he's come to the 49ers, the 49ers have really been good against the against the Packers. So this is another really good treat. And it's a hard game for both teams, I think. Obviously, we know 12. 12 is going to be the issue, right? And Devontae Adams and the rest of them. Sounds like Marquez valdez Scandling may not play in this game. So they might be down a receiver, but again, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think they'll figure something out. The question is, is it going to be all reliant on Aaron Rodgers, are they going to be able to run the ball? I know that we saw last week Nick Bosa and Fred Warner get hurt. Sounds like Warner practiced today. Sounds like Bosa practiced today. I imagine they will both play in this game, considering that fact. Um, So, again, what the 49ers like to do best, they're built for the cold. It's going to be 10 degrees on Saturday night in Green Bay. Right. Uh, The frozen tundra, as they say. Right. So, to me, this is going to be a really tough game for, for, uh, you know, it's a battle on the line that D-line versus the Packers O-line is Bakhtiari going to come back. Packers O-line has been decimated, but I'll tell you something, Gene, the Packers rush defense has been horrendous. 28th in the league in rush defense right now. And they're going up against the team that does it, does it better than nobody, better, better than anybody, you know? And, and, you know, with Jimmy, I think that, you know, obviously with the weapons and Debo Samuel and the rest, you know, you can Kittle, this team is going to be a really tough matchup wow. for the Green Bay defense. No. And it's going to really, again, have to come down to Aaron Rodgers. But I also think that it also comes down to special teams as well. These are the two worst kickoff retur- kickoff teams. They give up the most yards of any kickoff teams in the league. Um, the, four, the Packers are in the bottom 10 of punt return yards given up in the league. I mean, the Packers' special teams is horrific. But I'll say this. At some point in the in the uh, at some point in this playoffs, you gotta find an upset. So let's take one. No, let's do the 49ers. No, no, no. 49ers. against the Packers. I'm gonna pull major upset in this cold. This team is built to beat the Packers. And you'll remember back in week three, they were not the same teams. The 49ers were very, very banged up and they had the Packers on the ropes on a Sunday night, and they just left Rodgers a little too much time at the end of that game to win it, I think this time they finish it. I think the 49ers will beat the Packers Sunday, Saturday night.
1: Packers by 17.
0: Uh, I, <laughs> all right. Just So I get 17 points, and yep. then you take me out to dinner if I'm wrong, if I'm right, right?
1: You're on. You're on. Beautiful. All okay. right. We'll take it. Sunday. This is a. Uh, the two Sunday games to me are the best games of the weekend. Um, the Rams at mm. Tampa Bay, Tampa a three point favorite, and God help the Rams because you have to play against Tom Brady uh, in the playoffs. Good luck.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Uh, I do want to make an announcement. I know I said last week that I was going to go to a playoff game last week, and plans fell through. Well, plans are set. I will be in attendance for this game. I will be down in Tampa for the Rams versus Bucks NFC Divisional. It's going to be awesome. The whole Sunday Card crew will be there live from Tampa. So check us out on Twitter there, Um, which means – that hell is about to be unleashed on the Rams because I am undefeated in games at which I am at where Tom Brady is playing and I am rooting for him. So Uh. tough luck by LA. It's going to be tough for you. Uh, But in terms of the actual game, I think it's a defensive game. I think it has less to do with the quarterbacks, but I will say this. One quarterback is playing in his third ever playoff game. He just won his first. And by the way, straight up in these playoff games yep. where there's a margin of three points or less as yep. as the uh as the spread. Matt Stafford after November against teams over five hundred is four and thirty three in his career against those teams. Yikes. Four and thirty three. I mean that is brutal and we know how good Tom is against those same teams. Yep. Uh defenses are going to be really, really tough. Um, stopping the run is going to be key for the Bucks to do, and I think that they're just getting better and better. And the Rams, you know, Rams are going to try and get interior pressure and get to Tom quick, and Tom's going to try and get the ball out. I think Tom's going to understand the game plan a little bit more than Stafford. I do actually really like the Bucks here. They'll cover the two points, and I think they'll win the game.
1: Yeah, Are you at all concerned that, uh, I mean, look, Brady got sacked four times last week, and are you at all concerned that the Rams are going to be able to mm-hmm. put even more pressure on him than the Eagles did?
0: Well, this is a concern because it's a kind of a similar game plan. If you look at it, you got the great corner in Ramsey. You had the great yeah. corner in Darius Slay last week. You have the great D, D lineman in Donald. Right. You have a real good D lineman in uh, in Fletcher Cox. You know, I mean, they have really, you know, kind of similar game plans. Although I think the Rams really like to mix up their coverages a little bit more. Uh, I would say this about the offensive line if Ryan Jensen goes, and it sounds like he will at center, I think that'll be a a definite boost they need to get Tristan Wirfs on the field. I mean, I don't even know why they put him back in the game after he got hurt. The game was completely in hand. He gets hurt. They put him back in. He gets hurt again. So he's been in a walking boot all week. This is their all-pro, all-pro, right tackle or left tackle, uh, Tristan Wirfs. So, you know, that's a real concern for me is if he doesn't play. But with Von Miller coming around the edge, they're going to have to figure something out in that spot. I think the game plan has to be, Get the ball out to the right, to the left, the opposite side of Von Miller, and let's get it out quickly. Let's use those swing passes and, and use the running backs in this game too. Don't forget who's coming back in this game too. Playoff Lenny. He's back as well. So can oh, they run big. the ball on, on the Rams? I, I, I think they might be able to find a crease or two.
1: Yeah, and the way and Vaughn's been running the football well too, so to have both him and Fournette in there, that's that's certainly, you know, you know, that and, and if mm. it's gonna be a low scoring game, that could actually, you know, that could actually play in the Bucks' favor.
0: It could. It could. Gio Bernard, too. Look out for him to have a big day. And I think Gronkowski, as a tight end, is going to be really needed as well.
1: Uh, All right. The game of the weekend. I mean, the shootout at the OK Corral. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, (laughs) Buffalo at Kansas City, Tomahawk Chop, all that other crap. Kansas City, a a point-and-a-half favorite
0: yeah this is this is uh this is like you know the battle of the ages here. this is one we've been waiting a year to see you know from last last AFC championship game and I know we got to see it earlier this year uh in Kansas City and you know Bill's kind of boat raced to the the chiefs out of their own building. but again, I think it's similar to the last game we just talked about i mean and and the one before that these games that happened earlier in the season where teams are so different. the chiefs were in a three and four slide you know at that time right. Um, but I think what the bills need to do in this game is they need to do exactly what they did last week. And that's get on their throat, stomp on it and don't let up because they kept throwing the ball all over the Patriots deep into the fourth quarter. The question I have is, do they have enough gas in the tank to do it? Because if you remember last year in this AFC championship game, the chiefs got up nine to nothing, or I'm sorry, the bills got up nine to nothing. In in that championship game, and then got a thirty-eight to six, you know, run slapped on right on their forehead, you know, and 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 route to a playoff loss. So, you know, I think the Bills have been thinking about this game, but I do think that that game last week had more to do with the Patriots than it did with the Bills. I think that this Chiefs defense has found their groove, and Spagnola has really uh, developed a lot of different schemes to be able to. He's gotten his defense to be more timely in how it rea- read and reacts. Melvin Ingram has been a really good pass rusher. they got to stop Josh Allen from running the football. That's going to be a really tough thing that they struggled with, um, and they gave up a lot of big plays in that game as well in, the, in earlier this season. So there is that. My question is who's going to win the third down when, when Kansas City's on the field? This is the number one third down offense for Kansas City versus the number one third down defense for Buffalo. That's the whole game right there. Kansas City wins the third downs. They get above 50% on third down. I think they win the game. Buffalo keeps them below 30, 40, 50 to 40%. I think Buffalo might win the game. It's a coin flip, but you want to know something? That Prince of Darkness, he gets you every time. I don't take the Chiefs often, but I think I got to take them here. I just think the Bills' luck runs out, and I'll take the Chiefs to win the game.
1: All right. You heard it here first. Look, Dan, there's nowhere to go but up for you from last week, right? All right. <laughs> How, I, I'm sure you haven't heard. Yeah, uh, I know. Of that. Although I will say this. On our show, you actually picked two games right because you didn't have to pick with the spread. So you oh. Actually, so you actually you actually got a couple of games that's right. Gr- that's good to know. Yeah, so you, you, you were two and four here. So, you know, congratulations on that. And it gets you nothing. So... Are you? Uh, yeah. Are, thank
0: you. It gets me nothing but gets me nothing but trolls on Twitter and trolls in my in my friend groups to say, you know, you stink at your picks. You stink at your picks. Yet they won't put their picks out on on anywhere. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. I have three three years of record of picks, and I feel comfortable on my own skin.
1: Well, look here, here's what you can get dinner if Green Bay doesn't win by seventeen. <laughs>
0: I'm holding you to that. I, I, you know, we are the fine finest establishment in
1: Hayesville. No, no, no. Not I'll drive. I'll even drive to you. That's how you know. I mean, if I if I wow. take this one on the chin, I will drive to you to take you out to dinner. So.
0: We, oh, we're we're going to the we're we're going to the William Henry Hotel if that's the case. We're right. sitting in penthouse. Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> Listen, have a great time down in Tampa, my friend, and uh, we appreciate some time, and uh, we will look forward to the uh, the post mortem next week.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, as all of the rest of the NFL, you know, is talking about all us Patriots fans saying that you know you guys are just Bucks fans in disguise. And we keep telling them, no, we're not. No, we're not. And and they keep kind of egging us on. I say, you know what? You get what you get. You want this? You're gonna get it now. So, we're still alive, baby. Let's go, Brady. Let's go, Bucks.
1: Dan Sapono here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back next week. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Until then, for Dan Sapono, I'm Gene Gumbs. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.